0: So this is picking up in chapter 13, where I left off, and it's a Bible study Um, in the Gospel of John, which is the book of John. John was one of the 12 original disciples of Jesus and uh, wrote this. So he's an eyewitness to this. He's seen all this. He witnessed all this personally. He knows what happened behind closed doors. So Jesus predicts his betrayal. He's talking to all of his disciples. They're having dinner together. And he said to them, I am not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen, but this is to fulfill the passage of scripture. He who shared my bread has turned against me. I am telling you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. So Jesus is telling them that somebody there is going to betray him. There's a lot of um, information about Judas, who is the one that um, betrays Jesus. And um, as I've mentioned before, there's a we make ourselves open to either being used for good or used for evil. And Judas is the example of that because he allowed himself by his own choice to be used by evil. And also God uses evil for good because if Judas didn't have this role, all of this wouldn't have transpired. Somebody had to have this role to fulfill the outcome of Jesus dying on the cross and Being resurrected. So, this was all to glorify God and to reveal God to everyone who was there. But they needed somebody to go through this process. So, there are people in this world who reject Jesus, who reject God, who will be used by evil to, um, you know, God might use them actually to do something good. Um, there's several instances in the Bible about that. Um, for example, Joseph and his brothers, where Joseph uh, was thrown into some well or something, and they sold him into slavery in Egypt. And and he, over time, uh, because of this supernatural ability that God gave him, was able to comprehend and tell people what dreams were about and then he became a, a leader and actually saved people from famine and reunited with his family. And um, he forgave his brothers for having done this to him. But again, his brothers were acting in evil. But then God turned it around and made something remarkable in Joseph, which there were super substantial accomplishments that he made. Um, back in the Old Testament, but that's just, that's just one example. So even though evil is in the world, God often uses evil to fulfill his will or to go towards his will. So getting back to um, John, the book of John. Um, So I'm just going to read this to you. After Jesus had after he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said, ask him what twenty means. Leaning back, Jesus, leaning back against Jesus, he asked, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is the one whom I will give this piece of bread when I've dipped it in the dish. Then dipping this piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. You ever wonder? I mean, this is very clear that that's not a fake world. That's part of the truth that that evilness is present. So Just a side note in this. Uh, So Jesus told him, what you are about to do, do quickly. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the festival or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out and it was night. Kind of interesting that, you know, he would just go out in the night after having that conversation. but. Satan was in there and there's something about darkness and night and in eternity it does tell us that there's not going to be any night which is really interesting and that Jesus will be the light. It's I don't know, quite understand all of that but um it it'll it'll be interesting but there's there's so much more to what we comprehend. Anyway, um, again back to Um, the rest of this. I think it's good to kind of read the next parts of it as well. When he was gone, so when Judas was gone, Jesus said, now the son of man is glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer You will look for me, and as I told the Jews, so I will tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. And, this is something that um, this this extends to all of us. I mean, that's what disciples or Jesus are supposed to be. They're supposed to be all about love. And you can't love if you're selfish. You have to, we have to all learn to become selfless. And it's, I love the fact that you can really distinguish sin from non-sinning by saying to yourself or asking yourself, is this selfish? Is my motivation selfish? Then you can, if you answer yes, you can know it's sin. If you answer no, then it's not sin. It's like such a simple question, but it's really true. Then getting back to the story again, um, Simon Peter, uh, this is kind of interesting because he's one of Jesus's closest disciples. And uh, so he he more or less kind of says, you know, he emphasizes that. So I'll just read that to you. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow me, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. He's showing his passion there. He's he's telling Jesus like how strongly he feels, how much he loves Jesus But then Jesus answers him and he says, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. So that's something that um, you're going to see in the future on in this book of John about about Peter, one of God's one of Jesus's closest companions is still susceptible to evil forces. That's something that we all should become aware of, that even if we're really close to Jesus, we are still susceptible to this, but God protects us. That's that's the the differentiation. It's not that we're going to avoid it or not have evil in our lives but we will be protected from it. So that's something really to remember. The next part of this, I would say like the next chapters, there is so much in here about Jesus's love for us that it, I just, I don't know. I That's why I wanted to do this podcast. Um, probably just need to read a lot of it because the words of Jesus can only be said um, that you'll understand it the most. If I just read it to you and then if uh, I may throw a comment in here or there. But anyway, um, let's see. I Okay. After he had uh, talked to Peter, this is where he comforts his disciples. So I'm just going to start reading. So he's Jesus is comforting his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms if that were not so would I have told you that I'm going to a place going there to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come back and take you to be with me that you will also that you also may be where I am you know the way to the place where I'm going this is insightful too because this is Jesus telling his disciples he's going to come back. And this is something that we are, everyone who believes is waiting for Jesus's return. And it's, you know, there's this talk about the rapture. Some believe it, some don't. But Jesus talks about this, like he's coming back and then he's going to take people. When he comes back, that's when people are going to um there's several parts in the Bible that I'm not going to be able to reference right now, but there's in it's in Thessalonians, I know, and also in this book of John, where when Jesus comes back, that's when he this rapture word is not in the Bible, but the whole concept of um, the people who believed in Jesus um, will be the first to rise, and then the people who after that will be the people that, um, uh, I guess there's actually the people that are still alive. I think there are some people that will not experience a physical death when Jesus returns, because when Jesus returns, not everybody's going to be dead. There is going to be living people. And um, when he returns, that's when the people who believe in him will be united with him. And that's actually kind of interesting and exciting. Um, Then furthermore, Uh, Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Again, he's telling them, you know, I'm the same. I am connected with with God, God, the father, and I are one. So Philip said, Lord, show us the father and that will be enough for us. But Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Don't you believe that I am in the father and the father is in me? And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the father may be glorified in the son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. This is another insightful thing. Uh, Jesus is telling them that these, these disciples are going to be doing even greater things. And this is, I don't know if I just didn't know this when I was taught before, but in the book of Acts, you will find out that these disciples started doing miracles like Jesus was doing. And they were doing, they were performing all these works just like Jesus. So it's, you know, he did exactly, I mean, he was foretelling them what was going to happen. And that's what they ended up doing. So that part happened as well. And Jesus also talks about the reason all this happens. He said, And I will do whatever you ask in my name. So when people say in the name of Jesus and then ask for something, if they are not sinners and they are doing it to glorify God, God responds. And that's this verse right here. It's John 14, verse 13 and 14. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the father may be glorified in the son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Those are the people he had the closest relationships with. Um, Kind of interesting also that I just like paid attention to this. He was uh, telling them this information when Judas was gone. So Judas was not privy to this. So that's, you know, another interesting point. There's so much more again. So Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. I just have to read it because there's just so much. If This is Jesus talking again. If you love me, keep my commands. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him for he lives with you. And will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands. And keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. These are like great things for all of us to know that if we love Jesus, we are willingly obeying his commands. It's not about having this burden of all these rules, it's because. We're seeing how loving Jesus was and what He did for all of us. That we want to be obedient to Him to show Him that we love Him. It's kind of the same thing with relationships that we have. I mean, in in comparison to a lesser degree, but um, when you really, really care about somebody, you're not going to do something that would be disobedient to them. Um, that would not be good for them. You're going to have their, their needs in mind. You are going to, you know, uh, I don't know, I guess be loyal to them. And um, that's the same thing that Jesus is really saying, you know, whoever's loyal to me and keeps my commands, they're, they're showing me, they love me. And, um, and he's, you know, he's giving back to those people as well. And then, um, I guess, then Judas, not Judas Iscariot said, so there's another Judas that's there, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Again, he says this to everybody. It's about obedience. Like if you do love Jesus, you're going to obey him. Then continuing back to what Jesus said. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you. For the prince of the world of this world is coming. The prince of this world, that is Satan. Okay. And he was evidently, Jesus knew he was coming, but he tells them, He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. If you know anything about this like when Jesus was first baptized he went into the wilderness to pray and Satan tempted him. He tempted him many times. I think there were actually 3 times and Jesus refused refused to fall into the trap that Satan was putting out there. He remained obedient to God and throughout his whole life he remained obedient to God, to what God had commanded of him and did not fall for any of the temptations that were in front of him. And that's kind of what he's, he's expecting from all of us. Now there's again, so much more this whole, wow. um, This is a really, really long one. This whole entire chapter 15, I'm going to have to read to you. So I hope I can make it in the next 10 minutes. Um, I, this is Jesus speaking, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be made even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit fruit by itself it must remain in the vine neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me pause for a second so jesus is telling us that if we're not working for god he cuts us off that's the 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 branch that bears no fruit and he gets rid of it and but then the one that does bear fruit, he prunes it. So there's going to be little tests along the way. There's going to be little little moments that will even make you become more holy, maybe, Um, that that you produce more. um, So you kind of get a little cut, but then you use it for something better. So he's telling them that. He's also saying that we have to remain in him so that he remains in us. That's why prayer every day is important because there, you know, even Jesus, the the perfect one was tempted by Satan. Um, Judas Iscariot actually had Satan enter into him. And then there's Peter who says, Oh Lord, I love you so much. I would never do anything like that. Well, yeah, he does later on. You see that later. It's, um, None of us are, uh, uh, none of us are protected from temptation. We are all going to face temptation, but we need Jesus. We need God to protect us, to keep us from the evil one. Because we could turn out just like Judas if we allow that evilness to enter us we could have the same fate as Judas. And later on in the Bible, it tells us that, you know, Judas actually became distraught over what he did because he did betray Jesus. He did it for money. And and then all of a sudden the guilt came on him. And whatever evil was in him, which they said was Satan, the Bible says was Satan. He had allowed that in him. But then just like everything that People who turn themselves over to evil or start doing evil things, there's a point in their life where it's deception. And that's what Jesus keeps warning is that, you know, you think you're going down this path and you're getting, you know, some treasure, just like Judas had those coins, some treasure you're you're seeking, you're thinking you're going to get it, but it's all deception and it doesn't lead to what you think it leads to. And our world is so deceived right now by the evil that's in it that there is deception that's actively happening to people right here today in this world. And they don't even see it because evil is so deceiving is, is so like it, it works in ways that you can see from this talk from Jesus that it works in these ways. Even the closest, the 12 closest people to Jesus, Jesus himself, was tempted. Nobody is immune from this or protected from this temptation. But Jesus always stayed connected to God. He would always be praying, always be praying, even before he was, um, the soldiers came and got him. He was praying, um, nonstop. And he was asking his his followers, his disciples, pray with me, stay awake with me so that the evil that no one doesn't come to get you and to take over all this. And they weren't even like fulfilling that. I mean, this is in Jesus's like worst time or worst uh, position of need to have support or want to have support where you'd want your friends to support you. And they were failing him. They were falling asleep. They weren't staying awake. They weren't praying. And Prayer does, prayer does matter. It's really important. It's really important to stay connected to God because when you don't pray, you open yourself up to temptation and you open yourself up to evil. And there's a certain point when you get far enough away, um, there's something that was really scary in the Bible that I read um, about evil. If evil comes in and occupies space in your life and then you get rid of it but you don't stay connected to God, it says in the Bible that that evil will be, you know, going out searching for another place or another person to go to. And if they don't find that, they'll come back to that person who cleaned themselves up and they'll bring seven more. They're going to make your life even worse. So if you get on the path to connect with God, but you don't stay connected with God, you are really in a very scary position. Now, if you call out to God, God does save those who truly have the intention in their heart that they really want to be with God. But boy, you're going to have one heck of a time. That's for sure from what the Bible says. I mean, that's that's really scary to think that you could have a little bit of evil in your life and you get rid of it. But then if you don't stay connected to God, the possibility of having seven times that come back into your life is out there. So that should be something that we all keep in mind um, for the future. And I think I'm going to pause right now and have to pick this up because this is another 30 minute and I'm still on chapter 13 or chapter 15, actually. So um, we're getting there, but I will continue again, getting to know Jesus in the next podcast.